Hi friends and awesome moms. What you're about to hear is a conversation I had with my mother, which reflects our last class. I brought up some of the questions that came up in our awesome mom session in order to further our understanding, gain more clarity, and perhaps fill in some gaps. My mother, Mrs. Horowitz, is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore and has done a pretty good job herself. She's also graciously shared her curriculum with us. I hope that our little rehash will help us continue in our pursuit of awesome momness. And with that, Ima. Okay, I wanted to. T- I want to talk to you about the topic that we just started, anger. Um, coming off of the love topic, so we're jumping to the opposite where. Um, where we, we bridged it, we bridged the two topics by um, discussing that um, the uh, the opposite of love, or the the mo- the the way to express the mo- the le- the opposite of love is by um, showing anger. And um, so I want to know. So the first thing I want to know is just to establish what 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 do we? I mean, we all know what anger looks like. We all know what anger looks like. We've seen it, um, hopefully, in people we don't know, um, but sometimes in people we do know. Um, and it's it's like you know a scary. I would probably say it. It looks like a it looks like a loss of control. Um, it's scary. It's you don't know where it's going to go. You know. Um, but I would just say like, as a parent, how could we, how do we classify what's considered anger? Because you could be confused with firmness or like uh, a parent who's, who's, um, you know, taking, um, being a strong, a stronger authority. Like how could we classify what exactly is anger and what is, what is maybe something else? Okay. I'm not quite sure what you mean by what could be classified as anger or classified as something else anger is 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 the loss of control usually um anger is often a um an outgrowth of um gaiva um when i need something to go my way or i need something you to do something the way i want to do it and you're not doing it so anger shouts how dare you I want it done like this and you're doing it like that. I am in a hurry and you are slowing down. I asked you not to do something and you are doing it. Um, I want my house to look a certain way and you are making it look some other way. Um, um, I need you to stay in bed now. I need peace and quiet and you're not fulfilling that. So anger is usually an outgrowth of of Gaiva. I, I, it's all about me. And that is one of the main reasons why anger is so incredibly, um, destructive to a parent child relationship. Right. Because it screams, it's about me. It's not about you. So it screams Gaiva, it screams selfishness. And selfishness is something that destroys relationships in general, but certainly between an adult and a child, it it, it destroys the fabric of, of that relationship. Um, and there are a lot of different reasons why people, uh, you know, express anger. 
could be they're tired, it could be they're overwhelmed, it could be they have a lot of other things on their minds, overwhelmed, I guess that's what that is. Um, they're, they're in pain from something else, from a different relationship. Lots of different reasons why people um, express anger, but it's destructive. And a person has to know that um, parenting in an, in, with anger is, is usually very destructive to a relationship. Now, if, if the parent shows anger at times, and yet there, is a, there are many, many deposits, as we'll say, we'll call them, mm-hmm. where the parent does show a lot of love, the parent does give a lot of time and energy and love gives gives a lot to the child so then sometimes the anger can be um what word do i want to use the anger can be um balanced i guess um but it's 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 very it's it's very detrimental Right. It's fa- It's so, that's crazy to me when I think about, um, you're talking about parent child relationship and, and know how, it, wh- why it can come out in other reasons. It's so, it's interesting because, um, kids are, are, uh, I will, let's just say uh, personally, I could say that I, I haven't really, I don't think I ever lost it at anyone ever besides for my kids, like in my, all my 30 years um, of being around. And I always find it so fascinating because the kids are, I always wonder like, why is it the kids are like the most important people, things in my life? You know, they're, they're the, always on my mind. They're the things I care about the most. It's, it's fascinating to me that they're the ones that, that were, are also the only ones that I've ever lost, lost it at, you know? Mm-hmm. Why is that that well, that they're well, one of the reasons we we lose it with our children is because we whether you want to say we look at them as extensions of ourselves and then they do something that is embarrassing or they do something that is so off or they do something that is that is bothersome and and we feel that we have a responsibility to teach them and the only way they're going to learn is if I raise my voice and if I if I get upset with them that's the only way they're going to learn where it's actually it's just the opposite nobody learns when someone screams at them you know if you take a job and and you're trying to learn something new and your boss continuously screams at you you literally can't learn there's just too many defenses that go up um a person has to feel good about themselves they have to feel the person who's teaching them wants them to be successful when you scream at someone or when you get angry at someone person doesn't feel that you have their best interests at heart and you want them to learn. They feel that you want something done and it's for you, it's not for them. So so it's really exactly the opposite of what of what we really want to accomplish. And if we would understand that, then we would have an easier time, not a perfectly easy time, but an easier time controlling ourselves. Um So what, 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 how can we change, what kind of mindset shift could we do to not see the kids as an extension of myself and, um, get embarrassed from them? There's two things. First of all, first of all, we have to understand the children are a work in progress. 
just because they're doing something today doesn't mean they're going to be doing it in a week from now and a year from now. Right. So the first, the first thing and things that often get us upset are things that are probably our own fault. For example, a kid colors on your freshly painted wall, right? You just spent a thousand shakal to do just that wall and now it's colored all over with permanent marker. Okay, most behavioral psychologists will tell you it's your fault. Where, why did that child have a permanent marker? It's, it's, it's developmentally appropriate for a three-year-old to color on the wall. Right. They shouldn't have been able to get their hands on the marker. So why getting upset about it? You messed up. And 10 years from now, you're not even going to remember that wall. Who cares? Move on. Okay, so that's the first thing. The first thing is that if if a child does something that they're not going to be doing, you know, as they mature, then let's chalk it up to part of development. They're not going to be doing it when when um, when they're older and move on. Um, you know, to tell the story of the of the, the Rubiakov Kamenetsky, whose child or grandchild was dancing on the table, and he was speaking to someone, and the person was getting more and more upset. And Rubiakov finally looked at him and said, "Do you think the child's going to get hurt? Are you upset? Do you think it's dangerous?" He said, "No, child doesn't belong dancing on the table." So Ryakov said, okay, when he gets older, he won't dance on the table. I'm not going to, there's no, there's no need for me to tell him something he's going to learn on his own. Right. Okay. So if you really think the child's going to get hurt, go take them off the table and redirect them and have them do something else. But no 20 year old is dancing on the table. And that's what Ryakov was saying. Mm-hmm. So to get upset about something like that is 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 a waste of your energy, number one. And number two, even more so, it hurts the relationship. It's all about relationship. So you want to build relationship and anger does just the opposite. You cannot build a relationship with someone who is angry at you all the time or even part of the time. It's very hard. Right. So this so is this jumps people, ba- jumps me back to the original question, which I I, I wasn't so clear of. But it, is there a difference between angry and firm? Yes. So what does firm look yes. like? That's not anger. Firm means that um, I'm not angry, but I'm not giving in. I'm not angry at you. I'm not upset with you. This is the way it's going to be. I speak calmly. I speak lovingly. I even give you a hug while we're doing it. But you're not doing X. So firm never raises voice. There's voice, no, there's right. no reason you would raise a voice if you weren't angry. Raising a voice usually equals anger. You don't have to raise your voice. It's stern, strong. It's not okay. Right. You cannot do X. But I don't love you any less. I mean it for you can't speak to another person like that it's not not acceptable behavior it's not with me though but i love you and i'm telling you because i love you right so that to me is always the that that's always the line like if i if i feel if i feel loving in the at the moment and if i Mm -hmm. if i feel like if i don't feel um, um, any strong emotions inside i just feel like more even and I know that even firmness is is um, is not anger. So I guess that will bring us to the next topic because this is it is a it is a very hard it's a hard topic to talk about mainly because it's not so theoretical. It's not like you know if you 
you know, step one, step two, step three. Um, you know, it's not, it, it, it's just left electricity here for a second. I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you just said for the last like half a minute because we lost electricity. So I didn't. Have oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No problem. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it again. So, it, um, the next thing, the next area uh, that I want to discuss is, is the fact that the topic of anger is not so, is not so theoretical. It's not like a, you know, first do this, then do that. Step one, step two, or, you know, apply this. It, it, it's more, it's very deep and it, it comes from, you know, like you said, uh, the, uh, the Mida of Gaiva, you know, it's, it's about me and it's about me controlling things and me looking good and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's the nature of it, I'm wondering if from your experience, you can give us tips that you found, um, helped parents like in the moment, what can I do in the moment or before or after, um, mm-hmm. that can help to control this, um, you know, deep challenging media that we all experience to some, okay. to some that's extent. That's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. So the first things, of course, are you need to sleep. You need to eat. You need, I don't love the expression self-care, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to exercise. You have to be a mensch. Anyone that doesn't sleep properly, doesn't eat properly, or doesn't exercise properly, is going to have a much harder time controlling anger. Anger is something that creeps into you when you don't, when you're not in control. And eating, sleeping, exercising are things that help a person be in control because they're they're happier people. They're 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 more in control of themselves. That's number one. And that's a huge one. Because we live very, very busy lives. So we have to make good choices. We have to make good choices. Our priorities have to be set straight. We had children, and I often say to my parents, not my actual parents, but parents that I, I work with, the children did not ask to be born. It was a choice that we made. And once we made that choice, we have to make other choices so that we can be the type of parents that we wanted and that we want want our children to have. Okay, um, so we we have to take care of ourselves as mothers. We have to we have to make sure that we're doing those things that are necessary so that we feel nurtured and nourished, and and we can then be a full pitcher. A full pitcher can give to another the next generation. An empty pitcher can't give it anything right okay okay so so that that's number one number two is is to work on ourselves to understand excuse me to understand that growing up is a process we not we do not give birth to little adults we give birth to babies who need to develop properly and much of the development, if not most of the development, comes from our what we model. It's not what we tell them to do. It's how we behave. And I always go back. I think of the, the, the cow. My Baba and I went um, 
to a farm, a cow farm once. It was actually the Gutman's farm. And um, mm. we watched the cow being born, a calf being born. Wow. And it was born. It was, it was fascinating. And then, like, it was born and it was, like, all still gooky. And it got up on its hind legs and then it got up on its four legs and it walked away. <laughs> and I, 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 mm, I, that I, was I, easy. And I looked at each other and said, and said, whoa, that mother's done. She's done. That baby was born. It's done. When we give birth to a child, the development's just beginning. There's so much potential in a human being. But that potential comes from, you know, both nature but also nurture. What is that child going to see in the house? How do the parents interact with each other? How do they interact with the child? There's so much modeling that goes on without saying a word. So the child is developing and there's certain stages that they're going to go through. And we have to understand that they will go through those stages. You know, everyone talks about the terrible twos. Terrible twos is such an important stage. Developing dependence. Actually, every t- terrible stage kids go through is an independent um, uh, um, developing stage. Right. I can imagine the teen years are the same. I don't know about them teen yet. Teen years but... are the same. Between, they're, 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 they, you, you don't want a child. You know, I, I once had a mother say to me, you know, all your other mothers are complaining that your kids don't listen to them. I'm complaining that my daughter does everything I tell her to do without asking any questions. She said, I feel like I'm raising a robot. <laughs> and it was very scary for her. Her daughter had no sense of self. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And there, was, there were deep issues there that had to be dealt with. She was not separating. She was not developing into, into an independent individual. Wow. So that's another thing to keep in mind. There are going to be huge hurdles to get over. In raising children and and it's not going to be smooth sailing and it's not going we're not dealing with little adults that can be adult like so we have to change our mindsets they're going to be difficulties and i'm going to have to put my foot down sometimes and sometimes i'm just going to have to let them be and and let them be kids does that answer your question is that helpful? Yeah, that is so helpful in terms of mindset. But I still think that this is, it's the kind of thing that you can do before and after. Like now, I, you know, now I set it up in my head. Yeah, you're right. The kids, they're small. They have to, they need time. They need this. But in the moment when you feel worked up. So two things, two things in the moment. Number one, close your eyes. I think I've said this before. Okay. They're doing something crazy. They just did something that like is going to set you back a half an hour. It's really, really difficult. Just close your eyes. Thank God for a healthy child. Do you want the child that's sitting in his chair and can't move and can't pull down the things from here and there that can't climb? They can't. Those are all healthy things that your child is doing. Just close your eyes for 30 seconds or less, 10 seconds. Thank you, God, that my child is so healthy and that he can do all of these things. The smarter and more capable your child is, the more difficult they're going to be. That's a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. A child who's nebuch, not well, is sitting off in the corner by himself, putting one block on top of the other or not, or just sitting with a book, 
that's not, that's usually not normal. Right. You, you Very convenient, you but children. not. <laughs> <laughs> convenient. Convenient for a while until they get older and then there's social issues and there's academic issues and they're not developing properly. There could be gross motor coordination issues after that. That's not normal. Kids that are running around the house, it's, it's, it's a very normal, you know, it's a very normal part of development. A very normal child. Baruch Hashem. So number one, to close your eyes and to um, thank God. Okay. Another thing to do is have a mantra that you say over and over again when difficult things happen. Um, one mother in my class once said to me that her grandmother used to say, it could have been a gallon of oil. So anytime that anything happens, she just said there could have been a gallon of oil. In other words, it could have been much worse. Until it is actually a gallon of oil. Okay, this is also true. But, um, (laughs) you know, the dozen eggs that, I don't know which one of you kids right before Shabbos dumped on the floor. I remember that. It could have been oil. I do remember, yeah. It could have been oil. It could have been oil. So that's another thing, to have some sort of mantra that you just say over and over again. You could even do this. The mantra could be, thank God I have healthy children. Thank God my children are normal. Thank God I have children. I'm so blessed to have children. Whatever it is, just to remind us how lucky we are. Okay? Um, And the other thing is, is that we do have to be present. The more present we are with our kids, the less they get into things. The more we are able to keep them occupied with things that are good for them and we're engaged with them, the less problems we have. If you think about it, most of the time the kids get into trouble, it's because we were busy somewhere else. Right. And they're getting in the way yeah. or interrupting. They're in the way, or they're getting in right. Or they're getting into things because they know you're not you're not available. So right. I have a friend, I, I I laugh every time I think of this, but she had a kid that this mother always savaged from Astray every day. And this kid, as soon as she saw her mother take three steps back and three steps forward, boom, she was in the candy cabinet. She was in the refrigerator. She was all (laughs) over the place. She knew she had about three minutes to just go wild. And she did. So, I mean, that's a little bit of an extreme. The mother was standing on yesterday, but we get busy with other things. We're paying our bills. We're on the phone with someone. We're whatever it is that we're busy with another child. Sometimes it's not something we can, we can, that we can help. But the reality is, is the more engaged we are with them while they're awake, first of all, the more we're working on that relationship and the more they're not going to get into things that we would prefer they don't get into. Right. Right. So what it turns out is that a lot of the things that we can do are preventative or changing our mindset in general. But in the moment, Mm -hmm. there's also what to do. Have something to say and close your eyes. Right. Is there something about looking specifically looking at the child or looking away from something like that? I heard once. When you look away from the child, or it's not only the child, but the person that you're angry at, when you look away from them, you you immediately calm down. Really. Mm-hmm. Sadiqim talks about not anger at a child, but anger in general. We're angry at someone. He says to close your eyes or look away from the person. And it helps you, you to calm down. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you get more of that. Okay. Okay. Not easy, but good ideas. None of this is easy. All right. All part of our own, our own self-development, our own growth as human beings. 
nobody said it's easy. It helps us to to discipline ourselves and to become the people that we can be. You grow tremendously from being a mother. Mm. And every single child that HaKadosh Baruch gave to you is perfect for you to develop your meals. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. Amazing. Okay, well, thank you so much, Ima.